Welcome to People with Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts, and I believe that we all have a purpose, and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. So welcome to another episode of People with Purpose. Uh, today I'm very, very pleased to be joined by uh, by Rich Lewis, who's uh, who's a speaker and coach who focuses on uh, centering prayer uh, as a means of inner uh, transformation, uh, and is uh, also an author. Uh, an author of, uh, of one of his books is called Sitting with God: A Journey to Your uh, True Self Through Centering Prayer. So, uh, Rich, welcome to People with Purpose. Great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Okay. Okay. Well, it's good to see you. Uh, so uh, where are you and, and, and what are you working on at the minute? Sure. I am actually temporarily living in Ocean City, New Jersey. So I'm actually living at the beach for about three months. We, we actually sold our house that we were living in for 20 years in Pennsylvania. And we, and we bought a new home and we're waiting for it to be finished built um, in actually Indian Trail, North Carolina. So where am I? I'm temporarily living at the beach, which I love actually. So <laughs> yeah, it, it, the weather will start getting a little bit as winter approaches colder, but it's, we still have some nice weather and some nice fall weather. So we actually are, I'm working here and I wasn't sure if I'd be able to work, but I can, because hmm. I thought I would want to go out and enjoy the beach and the boardwalk and, and that stuff. But that's where I am. I'm going on and on. I'm, I am a, temporarily in Ocean City, New Jersey, which basically is the beach yeah. until my final destination in December-ish at, in the, at North Car- in the North Carolina. Okay, great, great. Well, I live in the southwest of England, and so I live about eight miles from the from the coast, uh, okay. or from the shore, as as you would probably refer to it. And uh, and and yeah, it's um, I love I love uh, coastal living. I'm a, a city boy. Uh, grew up in 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 a, in a, in a city, and uh, but moved to the moved to the country near the coast about about twelve years ago now, and and I love it. Nice, very nice. Mm, yeah, yeah. All good, all good. So, so okay. So, and and so, what is your work then? So, um, I do have a day job, but I, I guess I'm on the on the on here to, to discuss uh, my website, Silence Teaches, which you know I have a book centering pr- uh, on centering prayer. I do speaking, coaching, I, um, and that kind of stuff. Um, so, in terms of what am I working on right now, associated with that, um, I'm writing my next book. So, sitting with God. Uh, that the book you mentioned earlier has been out exactly two years now, and I'm actually working on my next book at the present time. I started writing that at the beginning of September mm. is one thing I'm doing. And another thing I'm, I'm doing with another um, author of a centering prayer book by the name of Brian Russell, he and I, I connected on his podcast about a year and a half ago, and we, we kind of resonated and got along well, and we decided to do some stuff together. So over the last six months, we've been doing a monthly centering prayer gathering where we just invite people to come. Um, it's an hour. It's a 90-minute session on a Saturday. At this point, we're doing the second second you know, the so I think the third Saturday of each month, and we give a talk, we do a centering prayer sit, and then we leave time for comments, questions, and just kind of nice interactions. So those are two things I'm doing now is writing the next book and working with Brian Russell on this monthly gathering and just kind of talk. It's a free gathering we do on Zoom and whoever wants to come can come. And, and it's been a whole lot of fun. Okay, great. So, so what is centering prayer then? 
Sure. I, I guess I'll give a brief history and then I can share how you do centering prayer. So, and centering prayer really is considered two things. It is considered meditation, but it's also considered a building a relationship with God. So, centering prayer has been around for 50 years. It was created in the early 1970s by three Trappist monks, so three Catholic priests, saw meditation happening outside of, I guess you could say, religion, and wanted something for Christianity. And one of them, Father William Manager, was reading a 14th century book called The Cloud of Unknowing, which may or may not be easy reading, depending upon <laughs> how much you enjoy. And I read it. Some of it I got, some of it I didn't get, so I just need to slow down and reread it. But as he read The Cloud of Unknowing, he discovered kind of a method of silent prayer that jumped off the pages at him, and he kind of began working with the, the two other Trappist monks. They began doing it amongst themselves, amongst other clergy, rolled it out to the public. And then it, about 10 years later, Father Thomas Keating created the Contemplative Outreach Organization, which is really the main centering prayer organization. Uh, they have a website called contemplativeoutreach.org, and you can see a ton of centering prayer resources, and you can see groups that practice all throughout the U.S., as well as internationally. And nowadays, you could join any group because a lot of them are doing it via Zoom. So mm -hmm. if you speak their language, you, you can probably join them. Or if you don't speak their language, you could probably <laughs> still join them. Yeah. So that's a brief history of centering prayer, a 50-year practice. But the idea of sitting quietly with God is not 50 years old. It, it is, it's thousands of years old, going you know, all the way back to Jesus and, all the way, and, and further back. The idea of sitting quietly with God is, is not just a 50-year-old practice, obviously. And I'll pause for a minute there before I get into what is centering prayer, if you, if you had any comments or questions with what I just said. Well, no, that's okay. I mean, because... Um no, that's 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 okay. I mean, I think understanding that. I mean, one of my questions, I think, that, that really sort of sprung out from that was that you know, what, what's the difference between prayer and meditation? Sure. So, and centering prayer is just it's a different way of praying. So, I, I tell people, you know, don't and I pray, you know, verbally as well. So, I tell people, don't give up. This is another way of praying. Instead of praying verbally, where we're talking to God or asking God questions or asking for help or, or praying for others, it's a different way of praying where we're just sitting with God. And I think of it as a reverse prayer that I'm letting God pray in me during this time. And, and, I'll, and that'll become more evident when I explain how you do centering prayer and why I think of this God praying in me, whether it's inner peace or calm or, or nudges to get out of my comfort zone and try and do new things. So I, can, I think of it as it is prayer. It's just a different way of praying where we're sitting and being with God and we're letting God act in us and we're trying to connect to our true self, the person God wants us to be and getting ourselves and all of our thoughts and emotions out of the way. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe talk us through the process then. Sure. Sure. So centering prayer, as I said, is, is meditation and a relationship with God, because during this time, we think of it as we're opening to the presence and actions of God within during our silent sit. And how you do it is you sit comfortably with your eyes closed to begin your silent sit interiorly, you introduce what we call a sacred word. So it's usually one or two syllables, God, love, ocean, color, beach, Jesus. And that signifies you're, you're, you're sitting with God and you're opening to the presence and actions of God within. And then as you're sitting there and you begin thinking thoughts, engaging your thoughts. And what I mean by that is you begin thinking about all the things you did before your sit and remembering them and reminiscing 
or you begin thinking about the errands you have to do after your sit and any duties or responsibilities that you have to do later that day, you realize you're now no longer sitting with the present moment. You're no longer sitting with God. You're sitting with you and all your planning and plotting and all your emotions. So you let go of them, them with the use of the sacred word. You come back to the sacred word, come back to the present moment, interiorly thinking this word, let go of your engaged thoughts. And then you let go of the word itself as well. So we don't use we don't use it as a mantra. There are mantra practices where you're saying the same word over and over again. In centering prayer, you just use it when needed to return yourself to the present moment and and the purpose of your sit. But that's essentially how you do it. And and you you know as as long as you show up, you're doing it right. So some people will say I've, I'm doing a terrible job at it, and I've, I had to use my word five hundred times perhaps. That's 500 times you returned to the present moment. So you, you didn't do anything wrong. You simply, you sat, you showed up, and you continued to let go as you sat in silence. Mm. So that's, that's essentially the practice. And you can choose to do it for however long as you want, whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes. But that's how you do it. And then you can choose to do what I, I like to give them bookends. Like you can do things before, you can make it a nice routine. So something you do before you sit, do your sit, and then something you do after your sit. So in my case, I, I, you know, I like to read goal statements. I call them affirmations and kind of give them to God and let them go into the silence and then do my practice. And then after the sit, I, I sometimes do some journaling. And I read from a book that I'm currently reading from, and it's any book. It, it's not, it doesn't have to be a spiritual book. And then I get up and begin my day. I, my first sit's in the morning. So it's fun to put structure around your sit as well. But the most important thing is to do the sit, but mm. it's fun to make it a nice routine for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so many people are kind of up in the morning and straight on with their day and into the kind of hustle and bustle and uh you know without really much of a thought for themselves or for what their intentions are for that day so finding a way of giving yourself that moment to pause right at the start of the day probably i mean how, how, how do you find it do you find that it helps you to have a more pr effective and productive day having done this rather than not no, it does. For me, it's it's the best way to begin the day. So any day of the week, even on the weekends when I'm not working, that's the first thing I do is I, I do my silent sit and, and I love it. It really just, it slows me down and it prepares me for the day. And then as I mentioned, I do some journaling. So in some cases I might journal two or three thoughts or and things that I, these are things I want to do today. So it also slows me down, helps me focus, helps me think because I'll, I'll, I'll do my centering prayer, then I'll, and I'll do some journaling. And the journaling could be as simple as if I'm having, if I'm upset or angry, I'll I could I'll write that just mm. to let it get it off my chest. Or if I have an inner nudge to do something, I'll write. You know, I need to try this. Mm. So it, so I could write a word, I could write a phrase, I could write a paragraph. I just let it flow. Whatever happens, happens. And I sometimes just write. Here's three or four things that I'd like to make sure I get done today. Mm. So it really just helps me sit down, slow down get present with life and also do some set some intention for the day mm -hmm. and so how did how did you um get first get into it then what was the what was the thing that led you to uh, to this so i guess i had always been attracted to silence i just didn't know what to do in the silence so before I learned of centering prayer, and this was back in 2011, 2012, I, I read book, 
did a lot of reading and I read some books by Carl McCollin and he talked a lot about contemplative prayer and silence and how transforming it was. I don't remember him talking about a practice. So at that time I would just sit in silence for minutes at a time and, and push through it. And it was a struggle and I thought there's gotta be something to this. So I'm just going to keep persisting, but it was painful <laughs> for me at the time. But then luckily I came across in late 2013, I was perusing Amazon looking for a book to read, and I came across Amos Smith's book called, called Healing the Divide, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots. And as I began reading the Kidnell version, he talked about a silent, wordless practice called centering prayer that he had been doing for 15 years. So that immediately intrigued me. So I began trying it for myself. I began reading other books in centering prayer. And then I even reached out to him on his website and began a back and forth email dialogue. And, and then we ended up becoming friends. And I ended up working with him initially off of his website. And Amos was the one that nudged me um, to write my book. He had that book was out. He was in the middle of publishing his second book, and he kind of served as a nice mentor for centering prayer and then a nice mentor for the book writing process. So that's that's how I found Amazon. I guess Amazon, I found it on Amazon or Amazon found me through, I'm not saying it correctly, but I found it on Amazon. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get that, get that. And um, yeah, because it's... Um, it's interesting where the kind of initial kind of um, uh, a thing about faith comes from as well to me, because because um, you know the, the, some people have develop a faith in God through their upbringing. Some people uh, discover a faith in in God later in life. What, what's your story there? So, so I guess um, I had always believed in God, but I think centering prayer gave God more depth. And God changed for me. So prior to centering prayer, you know, I had always believed in God and I thought more of God as up there and looking down at me. Was God happy with me? Was God critical of me? And that maybe I need to be a little bit careful. Am I, am I really listening to him? But what centering prayer did, it, it changed God for me. God was God was all over the place. God was up there looking down at me. God was within me waiting to be expressed and God changed from being maybe critical of me and, and judging of God loved me and God wants me to enjoy life and God wants me to get out of my comfort zone and try and do new things. So mm -hmm. God was above me, within me, kind of behind me, pushing me forward, walking with me, as well as ahead of me, kind of pulling me forward to say, let's go, Rich, let's go. And, and maybe being patient at times, knowing when I'm not ready. So God really changed for me with centering prayer. Okay. Okay. Well, God didn't change. I guess my perception of God or my experience of God changed. Yeah. 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 And and some people, I suppose, if they if they grow up in a certain kind of um, uh, yeah, sort of Christian Christian background, uh, there are so many different you know denominations and and and, right. and, and methods and uh, and almost. Um, they're not quite different belief systems, are they? Because they're they're all they all have the same sort of core beliefs, but. Uh, and, and sometimes approach A might not resonate with you, but approach B, B might. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, what, what was your initial introduction to Christianity? I guess it was back in, I had always believed in God. And then when I was in high school, so I was probably about 14 or 15, I was invited to go to a youth group that met on Thursday nights. Um, and it ended up being about 90 kids packed into the basement of the pastor's house. And I know the pastor worked at the Baptist church 
near him. Mm-hmm. So I guess my introduction even more so to God and, and the Bible and beginning to read read the, the New Testament specifically yeah. um, was going to this youth group on Thursday nights that was linked up or backed by a, a Baptist church near the pastor's house. Okay. So that's when I began Read, that's when I began reading the Bible and, and specifically the New Testament as, as in high school. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And have you sort of stuck with your with your faith actively all the way through your life, or have you kind of come away and then and then gone back again? I would say so. In high school, you know, it continued, and there's more of an exploration because I, I had never read the Bible, so it was more of an exploration of reading the Bible, continuing to go to this this group, and then I went off to college, University of Pittsburgh. And, I, and then, there, I think I kind of, I still believed in God, but I got away from going to any groups. I tried one of the groups there, then just backed off and decided just, just to go to school and do the college thing. And I enjoyed school. So I guess I kind of backed away from, from that engagement during college. And then when I graduated um, from Pitt, I went, I lived at home for a short while. And at that time, my parents were going to a church called the United Church of Christ. And they said, Why don't, would you like to join us on a Sunday? So I did. And I found that I really enjoyed that church. So I started going to their church. And I'm not right now I'm in between churches, but I was at that church for 20 years. And, and my wife and I got married in that church. And it was a very, it was a Protestant church, um, but a very liberal church and a very kind of open, inclusive church. And I really enjoyed that church, to, to be honest with you. So I guess I stepped away from, during college, and then I kind of re-engaged when I became uh, started going to the United Church of Christ uh, mm. with my parents. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So, um, so what comes first then, faith or belief? Faith or belief? Um, I don't know. I guess I, I guess I'd have to look back. That's a very good question. I mean, I had always believed in God. I never did not believe in God. I still remember being five and six and believing that there's something out there. I, I guess belief. So I'm, I'm, as I'm speaking to say belief, I always believed. Hmm. So I guess it's I always believed. And then my faith began growing as I explored, you know, who is this God? And hmm. as I explored it through the reading I did through the, the youth group in high school, as I began exploring it through the United Church of Christ, and then as I continued exploring it through Centering Prayer. So I guess belief for me probably came first, yeah. and then the faith grew. Yeah, sure. Okay, okay. And then and then something else that I've, I've been pondering on a little bit recently is whether whether faith and fear can, can kind of be in your headspace at the same time. Because... Um, well, 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 yeah. I, I just I've been thinking about this. I mean, I've read it in a book somewhere. I can't remember which one. Uh, but um, but but there was something that made me think about it from that point of view because quite often people go through life and and their 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 fears uh, kind of are, are the things that end up coming out as the trump card that determines how they act and and, and the decisions that they make and all that sort of stuff. And that sometimes stops people from moving forward with their lives. Whereas if you've got if you've got faith. Um, then, then you know, it helps you to to move forward because that faith and belief. I mean, the way I see that is it's kind of an iterative thing. Uh, it's a bit a bit like the chicken and the egg. You know, you you, you kind of you kind of you, you both have both coexist and both keep rolling because you you can't really have one without the other. But um, do you think that fear and faith can occupy the same space and time? No, I think I agree with you, and I, and I kind of wrote a little bit about that in my book. I mean, I think. Fear is when we forget God is with us, 
and and is a presence that's always with us despite whatever our situation is. So I think when I live in fear, I'm forgetting that God is loves me, God is with me, and God's going to help me get through the situation, what, what, whatever it is. So mm-hmm. I think, so I think, um, I think it's it's hard for them to be together. So I, I think. Or, or, or maybe you can have some fear, then faith, some fear. Some, I guess you can struggle with it and then hopefully overcome it and, and can let go of the fear and then just have the faith that I'll get through this. Yeah, yeah. And I guess if you've got a practice like centering prayer, that's something that can help to restore um, restore that faith on a, on, a, on a daily basis as part of the routine, which can then give you the confidence to, to move forward with your day. Or as, and you mentioned stepping out of your comfort zone. Right. Because with centering prayer, as I mentioned, you know, it's a letting go, we're letting go of our engaged thoughts and we can take this letting go attitude or posture with us into our everyday life. We can let go uh, of things we tell ourselves that are not true. The fear of doing something new, the fear of, of a new assignment at work that we don't know how to do. We can let go and then take action. I mean, a lot of times, even my my day job during the day, I, I service large corporate uh, retirement plans for, for companies. And I might get an email and I get the email and I look at it and I think, my God, I have no idea how to do this. <laughs> and and my, some of my reactions are fear and dread and how long this is going to take. And then I let go of the fear and dread. I reread the email and then I'm like, that's simple. I know how to do this. So it's, it's some of it is just is just what we tell ourselves with the initial reaction of this. I can't do this. This is new. I don't know how to do it. And if we slow down and look at something, we realize that's really not that bad. And, and I know how to do this. Or who can I ask to help me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone yeah. else knows how to do this. So I think our thoughts, we need to let go of our thoughts that tell us things that are really just not true. And once you do that, uh, you it clears the path for what, what you need to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I, and, and my sense with some of this is sometimes you can have thoughts which, uh, which, which if you think about it, are really not serving you. So if, you, if you're going after a, a, a mission or a goal or an objective, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be something really simple like uh, you know, reconnecting with somebody. But if you've got a, um, a, a, a thought that's stopping you from doing that, what, what will they think or how will they react or whatever, then it's just not serving you. So if you can kind of look at those thoughts and, and, and beliefs and say, okay, what's serving me and what isn't? And uh, and if it's not serving you, challenge that and uh, and find a find a path through it. Then you know it can make a real difference to how you how you um, yeah how you get on with others, how you go about fulfilling your mission, all facets of life. Right, exactly. In fact, it's funny. Yesterday, someone at work was going out on a leave of absence for an undetermined period of time, and I was temporarily assigned an account, which I knew nothing about. And I landed on a phone call with him yesterday. And then I was privy to, I had an email. They have auditors that audit their plan. And, and there was this huge email with like 15 items that they wanted. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a nightmare. Mm. So then on the phone call, I simply said, I see this email. Why don't we start over? Can you email the auditor, tell them is what, what outstanding items are needed? We, we're putting the new person on the, who's on the account temporarily and respond back so he can then begin helping you with what you need help with. Well, the list went from 15 items to three items. 
And I handled all three of them within a matter of minutes because two of them, the client needed to give to them, which is even was even better. I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> and one was one other person in, within our company that I simply asked and they gave the answer. So um, that, that was yesterday was kind of a perfect example of an initial email, fear and dread, and then just taking a step back and, and starting all over. And the auditors didn't even need what they the, this email, I don't know how old it was. They didn't even need all those items. They just wanted these three items to close out their audit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing, isn't it? So you, sometimes uh, you, you get asked a question and you think you need to answer it. In, in, but actually, if you can kind of just reflect on that and you know, respond instead of answering, then, uh, then yeah, it's, things become a whole lot, whole lot more straightforward. Right. Excellent. So from your point of view, then, you've got a, you've got a day job. Uh, but you've also got your um, your, your focus in, in in this area on on centering uh, prayer and, and being an author. Um, how do you how do you handle those uh, what might be perceived to be you know competing priorities? And how do how how do both of those things serve the purpose of your life? Sure. So um, obviously, the, my day job I, I work from home. I, I was working in an office and. Pre-COVID, we were in an office and we were permitted to work uh, up to 10 days at home per month, which I enjoyed. And then COVID, we all got sent home and never returned to the office. So I'm actually now 100% remote. So that that helps. Being remote and in my role, they trust you. As long as I get the work done, they're not checking on me to say, what is he doing from hour to hour? So the fact that I'm remote and can work from home gives me a little flexibility to do this. I'm doing a, I'm doing a podcast with you. And then when we're done, I'll go back to my day job. So my day job, for the most part, is, is 8.30 in the morning to 5, 6 o'clock, sprinkled in with once a week or so a podcast with, some, with someone like you. Mm. And then... Then most of the work on my website, I, I do after that. I'll, I'll do it um, in the evening and even my book writing. Like I'll, I'll turn my computer off at five o'clock, six o'clock in the evening, and then for one hour, write 500 to 1,000 words in, in my second book, and then turn the computer off. And then the evening is with, with the family and whatever we're, we're going to do. So that's kind of how I do it. So I do have my day job, and I am doing it from 8.30 to 5, 8.30 to 6, sprinkled in with a podcast once a week. Um, and then with working on my website really in the evening um, for an hour or so with my book writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that's a great example to lots of people right now because uh, I don't know what the situation is like uh, like in the States, but in, in, in the UK, well, I do know a little bit about it, but um, in the UK, we got high, we got high inflation right now. We've got people worried about the cost of living and all those sorts of things. And lots of people are sort of feeling stuck. And there's all this all this talk about, okay, so what can you do? Side hustles, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, and so you're living proof of the fact that you can, you can hold a full-time job and fulfill a mission outside of that, whether that's to spread a message or to earn some more money um, on the side of that and still live a happy and fulfilled life. Right. And I'm fortunate. I mean, I realized that my job, I, I can do it remotely. And, and, and before the podcast began, you know, I talked about work, 
I'm temporarily in New Jersey. I don't remember if I said it and, and that I'm, we're moving, but I'm fortunate that I have a job that I can be remote. And, and I recognize not all jobs are remote and, re- and, it, and they require people to go into the office. So I'm fortunate that I don't have to go into an office. And now it means I don't have to drive my car. I don't have to put gas in the car. I, I don't have to, the wear and tear of oil changes and the maintenance. Suddenly all those costs are, are lowered. They're, they're cut tremendously because I don't have to do that. And I don't have to wear, we don't have to, we didn't have to wear suits, but we had to wear slightly nicer clothes, nicer shirts. So suddenly I don't have to do that and and I don't have to dry clean them. So I'm lucky in that respect, but I do recognize some people have to go into an office or they work in retail and they're working in a restaurant or, or hospitality and they have to go in. So they don't get to avoid some of the costs that, that, that I get to avoid because of being 100% remote. Right, sure, you're right. Everyone's situation is, everyone's situation is definitely different. Uh, it's just interesting for me to know that there is potentially a, a, another way and uh, and, and, it, and it's, it's useful to, to see how other people do things, not necessarily to sort of com- compare yourself in that sort of sense, but to, to get some, some ideas. So, so the purpose of your life then, how would you describe that? I, I would say... It almost gets maybe split in thirds because I, you know, I'm a father and a husband and I have children. So my 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 purpose is is my family is 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 help my wife and I having a wonderful life together and helping our our, our children. So I guess my purpose is 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 family and enjoying my family life. And helping my wife and helping my children. So that's that's one third of it. The, the next third is is my day job. I mean, I, I like servicing the corporate accounts I have. So my purpose is is to keep them happy, give them the service that they deserve. And then the other third is is my work with my website, Silence Teaches. You know, centering prayer has been so healing and transforming to me. I simply want to share it with others in case the practice can help them, you know, connect to their true self and start doing things that they didn't imagine that they would ever be doing. Mm-hmm. So I guess my purpose is kind of in three areas: family, work, and then my website, and, and really more so teaching people to go within and find their true self and, and take a chance and begin living from from this person yeah that's uh, that sounds that sounds amazing there's a, a big theme about helping others in there exactly no i i love i love helping helping and that's that was the purpose of my book it's the purpose of getting on the podcasts it's some of the speaking i do and anybody that comes to me for coaching i, I just want to help people connect within and, and live from this person and realize that uh, when you go within um your outer world can change <laughs> Yeah, absolutely right. And so, so where does that where does that drive to help others come from? Do you think for you? It's a good question. Like I think about you know I, with my coaching clients, I'll get off a phone call and and it's just I love it. So that I, I don't even have an answer other than I think I just like to help people. So after I've done it, I feel fabulous, and not because oh look at me and look at the great things I'm doing. More though, I feel that was a great session. The person got something out of it, and now they're moving forward. They're not exactly the same as they were before we entered the discussion. So I don't know, other than it, I, it just makes me feel good to help people and, and not be so focused on me and look at me and look at what I do, but just helping one person at a time. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Okay, cool. So um, a couple of quick fire questions then. Is that Okay. Sure, sure. Okay, cool. So, um, so just to find out a little bit more about you and get under the hood a little bit. So, uh, so what's sure. your what's your favorite album and why? My favorite album is, and I was giving 
Joe Walsh, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He, he was in the Eagles, but before he was in the Eagles, he um, had, had a couple albums and trying to find there. It's the best of Joe Walsh and the James gang. And I don't know if you've ever even heard of him or listened to him. And, and actually that album, I think it is, I think it came out in 1997, but the songs, they just get me amped. And there's, you know, the, 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 the titles of a couple of them, grand funk 409, Rocky mountain way, turn to stone, walk away. Just the way he played the electric guitar and the way he sang and screamed just amped me and got me pumped. <laughs> and often like when I need to pump myself up, I actually will just play grand funk 409 multiple times throughout the week. I'll just put on my, my iPhone, put on the headsets and I'll play that four minute song yeah. and then continue my day because it just gets me juiced and pumped up. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Love that. Yeah. I've, I've got quite a broad taste in music. So uh, I was having a big debate with a friend of mine about what's the best album of the of the 1960s and uh wow that was a that was a that was a tough conversation um he, he he was uh he was pushing um uh, uh jimmy hendrix axis boulders okay. axis oh, yeah. boulders love and i was like wow i'm not sure about that so i had to go back and listen to it and he's got a point there are some there are some winning guitar riffs on that album for sure but i love i, I love guitar i've listened to some hendrix too so i i, I like uh some yeah. of his music too and yeah. that's going back yeah 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 i saw um oh what, what was the eagles um name of the eagles uh singer i can't remember i can't remember his name Don, um glenn Don. fry or, um, or there's, there was like two of them yeah yeah i can't remember but uh, glenn fry and i forget the other guy's name <laughs> yeah yeah me too me too but it, it, i think it was him the guy the guy we can't remember and uh, he 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 did a gig in in London's Hyde Park with Carol King uh, back okay. in back in 2016, and that was just that was just incredible. So uh, so yeah, love love that style. Good choice, good choice. Cool. So, what would your perfect weekend be? Um, I, I, I guess on a Saturday, it's. I think of it as coffee in the morning with my wife. My wife and I love coffee and I make it French press. That's the only way I drink coffee. So a French press cup of coffee with my wife, breakfast with the family. And right now, as I said, we're living at the beach. So go out to a, a local restaurant and have breakfast as a family, the four of us. And right now we're in the middle of college football, um, which I love. So then I'll watch, I went to University of Pittsburgh, then I'll watch my, my Pitt Panthers play, play their game. Yeah. Then we'll go to the boardwalk as a family and, and go to the arcade and play some of the games. So that, that would be kind of a typical Saturday. And yeah. then if I take it into Sunday, and, yeah. and again, this is football season, again, to get the coffee with my wife in the morning, that, that continues. And then my wife and I are huge uh, football fans. So not, not soccer, I guess, but it, it's nationally football. We are big Philadelphia Eagles fans. We'll watch the Eagles. And then we probably will go to the boardwalk again with the kids at night and play a little couple arc arcade games. So that's right now, that's my perfect weekend is doing those things while I'm in New Jersey and the beach. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Make the most of it. Make the most of it. Yeah, if it comes to college football, I'm, uh, I'm an Aggies fan. Because oh, okay. uh, yeah, just just because I got a friend from San Antonio away, uh, Texas, and went to see him, went, and went to see a game. Yeah, so uh, that was I was watching them experience. last week actually. So. Okay, okay, wow, wow, yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, yeah, it's a, it's is is a great game, great game. It's got lots of strategy in it as well as uh, as well as a bit of rough and tumble. So you can't argue with that. My cousins live in Houston, and um, someday when I go there, and I'm not close there, I'd love to go to that stadium. They, they, they that 
where the Aggies play just looks like a whole lot of fun. So. It's, yeah, it's, it's an amazing <laughs> place. And, I, and, for, and for for a Brit, it's kind of, yes, for that to be a college standard game and that kind of a stadium connected to university is just incredible. So, uh, so yeah, so lo- love that about the sport. I agree. I love it. Love it. Excellent. Good, good, good. Okay, so what makes you look track of time? Um, I, I would say writing. I think I lose track of time when I'm writing. I, I kind of enter another world and I go within and it really becomes an inner journey and adventure. So I can almost forget where I am and what I'm doing. And I think of like when I wrote, and I'm, and I'm starting to do that now with my second book, but when I wrote my first book, I, I, I would actually, this was pre-COVID, I went to the local Starbucks and I got up on Saturday morning and disciplined myself. And I wrote from about six in the morning to nine, 10 o'clock before, before the rest, before the family was up. That way I could do stuff with them on the Saturday. But as I, I remember looking back at, at that, I lost track of time while I wrote. It was just me and the computer and the, the laptop and my thoughts and what, what do I need to say? And, and, and I'm sort of experiencing the same thing as I write the second book. So writing, definitely, I lose track of time. It becomes an inner journey. And, and I just let the words flow out of me. Beautiful. That's great. And uh, last quick file question. Then what, what makes you cry with laughter? Um, an old movie with my, with my son, he's 14, but he's been watching it for years. The home alone movies okay. <laughs> and, and particularly the scenes with Joe Pesci. And I don't know the other guy's name, the two of them and all the things that happen to them as they're trying to enter the house and whether their hair is on fire or they're falling down the steps. So just the slapstick comedy that they performed at, at a, at a top notch rate. Uh, so even though it's a, it's an older movie, it, it's probably at least 20 or more years old. I can watch it over and over again and laugh over and over again at Joe Pesci. And as I said, I don't know the name of the other guy yeah. and their slapstick comedy. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Love it. I do. I do like a bit of slapstick as well. We've got quite a lot in common. I'm uh I'm quite, I'm quite, quite into Chevy Chase films, all the National Lampoon's okay. films and all that. So I quite like that. So Christmas hasn't started for me unless, uh, unless we've watched <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So, uh, so yeah. But no, the Home Alone was a great movie. Definitely a classic. Awesome. Now Chevy Chase is good. I've watched a number of his movies. He, he's Fletch. Yeah, f- yeah, Fletch. I think we're six foot. I forget the title. Six foot this, six foot three with the fro. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Was it? Was it five, five, nine, six, six, eight with the af- afro? Something like something that. Like yeah, that. But yeah, that was yeah. just a funny, funny movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely brilliant, 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 brilliant. Cool. Okay. So good. Well, look. I mean. um so your your life then now you've 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 got to where you are now and you're, you're an author and um, you know you're 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 still spreading this message. Is is there is there a grand plan for you? Um, well, I think it's just to keep doing what I'm doing. So it's it's to write the second book and then there probably will be a third book in me. Continue speaking, continue going on podcasts, and and just be open to what. What else is there that I could be doing that that I'm not that I'm not aware of, mm. and I'm sure there's there's plenty of that. Yeah. Um, so I, I think coaching, speaking, and writing are are my future for, for now. But if something else, if centering prayer reveals another way I can get the centering prayer word out, then I'm going to go down that path. <laughs> sure. Okay. Cool. So I suppose. Yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? Because because some people sort of plan ahead in in quite some detail, and have got these big sort of life missions, and 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 for others, it's kind of 
they've got an idea of where they want to go with things, but it, there's a bit more sort of feel it as it goes or or, or whatever. So um, so you sound like you're kind of more um, ready for another opportunity. If, if, if more opportunities come up, you're sort of getting yourself to a state where you're ready and maybe your practice helps you to become in a state of readiness for for things because you're, you're open to it. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I would say that. I mean, I mean, obviously, books are definitely always on my radar screen to write and speaking is, but then you just have to be open to what can what can come knocking your way. For for example, the, you know, I've done a lot of speaking and it tends to be in front of smaller groups um, on Zoom. But then all of a sudden in January, I was it was indeed experienced. And initially I was scared and I thought, no, don't don't scare yourself. It was a it was a, a weekend centering prayer summit. I was asked to speak at with nine other speakers, and there was about five hundred people that attended it. So the it scared the heck out of me initially. Then I thought, well, no, this is no different than speaking to ten or twenty people that, or even I've spoken to seventy five people. It's no different. It's the same Rich Lewis that will get up and 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 talk. Hmm. So, but that was a neat experience where I was just asked to speak at this summit. I wasn't the keynote speaker by any means at all, but that was just a neat, neat experience. So I want to be open to that kind of stuff where if you just put yourself out there, sometimes you just get contacted um, for that. And I've been asked to write a couple forwards and books, and, and that surprised me. There was a gentleman uh, last January, uh, his book came out, and I thought it should have been in reverse that I should be asking him to write the forwards. He had had like three books, and this is his fourth, and I'm thinking – this is backwards. I should be, I, I didn't say that to him. I'm just thinking that. So just be open to that type of stuff where, hmm. where you're going to be asked to speak or you're going to be asked to write a forward, um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stepping out of your comfort zone is important as well, isn't it? Because, uh, yes, public speaking is one of those things where it, I've, I've read somewhere that people fear, fear public speaking perhaps more than they fear anything else. You know, it's a real, a real big fear for people. But, um, but yeah, if you're there to, to serve and, and to help others and if you can keep that in mind then um then yeah why not why not take a plunge no i mean public speaking was a huge fear of mine and now it's not and it's given me i'm so glad i'm not afraid to do it because it's given me an excitement and confidence that i didn't have prior to all the public speaking i do so mm. i would encourage people i know and it scares the heck out of people but it, but i would encourage people to start slow you know do it in, in small chunks and, and you'll get more and more confident and more and more excited in yourself. And it just really helps you grow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what advice would you give uh, to somebody who is looking to, they know they've got an idea, they've got a passion um, and they're looking to um, maybe make a transition from one career to another or, or maybe to uh, set up a, uh, something on, on the side to follow their passion. What, what, what advice would you give people who don't quite know how to take the next step to do that? I would, as we've been talking about, I'd say you need to slow down. So you need to take time for some type of, silent practice, whether it's meditation or centering prayer. So I, I would encourage people maybe in the make it the first thing you do before you begin your day, slow down, meditate, or, or even practice centering prayer. And then maybe even after that, just do some journaling. And the journaling doesn't have to be anything. It's whatever comes to your mind. You jot down a sentence, you jot down a word, you jot down a goal, you jot down your, your fears, you jot down your complaints. So I would encourage people to take the time to be with themselves in the morning, hopefully, you know, for 10, 5, 10, maybe even up to 30 minutes of meditation and journaling. 
And that, that can help you figure out what, what is your future self? What are the things I, I, I want to do? To give yourself the space. Right. And it sounds like you're, you've got a routine, but in the, in the, in, and, and you've got a, a, the method of, of centering prayer it, with, with that focus on that sacred word helps you to bring yourself back. Um, uh, but, but it sounds like it, it's almost, there's, there's quite a lot of freedom. It's almost quite unstructured. Uh, if you're if you're letting things letting things um, uh, sort of take you away and letting your um, letting God come inside you, if you like, it's it, it's quite a, quite a it's quite a um, unstructured. Maybe is the wrong word, but it's but it's quite sounds like quite a um, a liberating thing to to do. No, it is because I guess all the many of the things I'm doing with my website are because of centering prayer. None of them were even on the radar screen. So the idea of writing a book uh, was not on the radar screen. The idea of creating a website was not. Uh, jumping on podcasts, and at this point, since the book launch, I've been on over a hundred. That was not on the radar screen, and, and guest speaking, um, all of that was not even on the radar screen, and it entered the radar screen because of I slowed down and I took this time in centering prayer and I took this time to journal. Um, but if I hadn't done that, I, you and I probably wouldn't be talking today. And who knows what I, I there probably would have been no book and, and no, uh, no website and none of the work I'm doing today. So it's all because I took this, uh, which I don't think is a bad word, this unstructured time, just, just to be with God and be open to what should I be doing. Okay. Wow. That's, uh, that's really powerful. Well, well, thanks for sharing your your story and uh, and uh, um, and and your practice and uh, and and I think it's going to be really helpful for people listening to the show because if if people are are on a mission, sometimes they kind of can feel like they're also a little bit on the on the kind of hamster wheel and and, and it keeps spinning round and keeps spinning round and so that that practice to be able to kind of take a moment to, or or ten minutes. Uh, of 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 calm, uh, just to sort of reset and find your own way. I mean, to those people who might be listening, who might be a little bit cynical, they maybe don't have a have a faith in God or 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 or, or stuff like that. Uh, what, what would you say to to those people? I would say you know a couple of things. One, come as you are, just with what, wherever you are at with your beliefs. Just show up to the silence. If you don't believe in God, show up anyhow. If you're not sure about God or what God thinks of you, show up anyhow and just see what happens. So I, so I would just simply encourage people to try it for 30 days, make it the first thing you do in the morning, and even make one to five minutes of silence for 30 days and just see what happens. And then at the end of that 30-day period, look back and, and make a decision of, do I want to continue this or do I want to look for another practice? But at least try it without any judgment and just show up and see what happens. That's brilliant. Listen, Rich, it's been great, great talking to you. Is there anything that you'd like to to say to as as we come to a conclusion? Um, the last thing I said, I think, was the most important thing. But and then I would say for those that want to learn a little bit more about uh, silence and centering prayer, they can visit my website, silenceteaches.com. and I offer a free centering prayer ebook on my site if they just want to learn. You know, what is this practice Rich has been talking about? So I would just urge them to. Check out my site, check out the free ebook, and just see if this is a practice that will help them and resonate with them. Brilliant. That's fantastic. Look, Rich, it's been great to talk to you. Really great to, to, to meet you. And, um, uh, I've, I've, I've had a, I've had a dip in and out of your book, but I know, I now know I need to read it properly <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and do, do the full job. And, um, and yeah, so it's been really, really helpful. Uh, so, uh, so thanks for coming on the show.
No, thanks for having me. And I hope this was helpful for your community. Brilliant. Thank you. And we'll put the details of how people can contact you in the show notes. So, so, uh, so yeah. And if, if you're getting t- contact with Rich, um, let them know you, you, you came through People With Purpose and, uh, and that'll be just grand. Thanks for listening to People With Purpose. I hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey. Please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, tell all your friends. And if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye.